This is Food First Michigan on News Talk 760 WJR. Sponsored by the Food Bank Council of Michigan, creating a food secure state, and by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan. Now here are your hosts, Dr. Phil Knight and Jerry Brisson. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thanks for listening. The new normal is a phrase that has been born out of the COVID-19 pandemic. Early on in this battle for the public's health, all of us wondered when things would get back to normal. After a few weeks, the realization began to take root in our psyche that there was no opportunity to go back, no returning to the way things were. Presently, we are beginning to grasp and understand what our new reality will look like. We do not yet know what it will be, and our mindset currently is more reactionary than influencer. I think our ignorance is understandable for now and even necessary to achieve insight, but at some point, it will be important for us to own the future and influence it. Things from the past will walk with us into the future, but they will not look the same as they did before. They will be both familiar and strange. Eating out will look different than it ever has before with masks, social distancing, and hand sanitizer readily available. Retail will be a challenge, and so will large gatherings, but we will learn, adjust, and create advantages as we move through the process and learn to discern and control the controllables. COVID-19 has given us the opportunity, the gift of reinvention. We have the opportunity to learn, grow, adjust, and do things not just differently, but better, more effective, more efficient. We are different than we were 10 weeks ago, and we can be better for it. The pandemic offers us the chance to create positive change by enduring the hardship and conquering each challenge, both inside of us and society as a whole. This is the process that leads to innovation and realization. The 200 food banks that make up the membership of Feeding America, our national organization, has distributed 1 billion meals in the last two months. In Michigan, our seven members have collectively distributed 40% more food than before the pandemic. This is the kind of growth, leadership, and innovation that are only forged from the fires that are fueled by difficulty, hardship, and immense challenge. We've realized a lot about ourselves. While COVID-19 has brought great loss, let's not let that loss be in vain. Let's learn and do more and be better than we ever were before. Let's not be intimidated by the vastness, complexity, or difficulty of the challenge. Let's walk out into the sunshine of the new normal with renewed confidence, a bit of audacity, and a belief that we can do better as professionals and we can do better as people. Andrew Zupancic is a young man helping do better and be better, and he joins us just a bit later in this show to discuss Project Porch Pantry, his innovative solution to food security in his hometown and area. You come back and be with us. Jerry joins me in just one minute.
Welcome back, everyone. Jerry Brisson joins me here at Food First Michigan, co-host, president, and uh, CEO at Gleaners Community Food Bank, Southeast Michigan, and also the chairman for the Food Bank Council Board of Directors. So, Jerry, very nice to see you on Zoom again. Yeah, it's always good to be back and uh, talking about what's happening. I mean, there's so much happening and so much to update people about. And, uh, you know, we, we started this, it's hard to believe, 10 or almost 11 weeks ago. And, uh, and here we are still adapting and, and doing a lot of good work for the community and, you know, not just reacting to what's coming down the pipe, which is certainly part of what we have to do, but maintaining the highest level of food distribution in the history of food banking. And, you know, that's literally a heavy lift. I mean, you are talking about tons and tons of food that's, that's being distributed right now. Literally, that's exactly right. It's a heavy lift. So, uh, so I really do want to give a shout out to all of the people who are involved in making that heavy lift. There's, there's, there's distribution workers, there's people on sites that are helping put food in people's cars. There's, uh, people bringing the food in and taking it back out. And, and so many people who actually have to move those pounds of food for real, and they're doing an awesome job of just staying on top of it. And uh, I've been so impressed everywhere I've seen with the attitude and the energy and the willingness and the capability of the people doing this work. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. So I said in the monologue, um, our national CEO um, sent an email out to us uh, this week that announced to us nationwide 200 Feeding America food banks that serve every county in America. And that in the last uh, eight weeks, we had distributed collectively 1 billion meals. Now to put that in perspective, the network last year did 4 billion meals. And so we did one quarter of what we did annually in just eight weeks as a response to COVID-19. So you talk about a heavy lift, brother. There it is right there. Yeah, and it, it speaks to um, a lot of the work that's been going on to get ready for what this might have been. Nobody knew this pandemic was going to happen. It's certainly not the way it has. But food banks all over the country have been working hard on being healthy and being smarter and being more efficient and, and you know, measuring the right things to know that the work is being done in the way it needs to be done and it's food that people want and need. And the result of all of that preparation is our ability to, to, to distribute this billion pounds of food in eight weeks. And if it wasn't for all that work ahead of time, you'd never be at this place now. And so, again, just a lot of... Uh, respect for the the people in this uh, food bank network who have taken a leadership role, who have made sure that food banks are ready when the time comes that we're needed. And it's something that I'm very proud to be part of. And I just have a tremendous amount of respect for the, the people doing this work. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, you know, the, the work that is being done here in Michigan, again, over 40% more food being distributed by our seven Feeding America food banks serving all of Michigan's 83 counties. And Jerry, you know as well as I do that the, the waves of people that have come, you know better than I do actually, the waves of people that have come to us were um, school children and their families, senior citizens, and then people who had really never negotiated the emergency food network before um, 
employees of small businesses and uh, those of the service industry as well as contract workers. And uh, we talked on the show before about their reaction when they see, but there's the need, there's, there's the reason we've had to distribute a billion meals in eight weeks nationwide, more than 40% more food distribution in the state because of the need that people had and the lines of cars that are coming to the distributions. Um, and, uh, you know, we're talking about what that need looks like into the future. And we're talking about how people have come alongside of us. Uh, we're talking about the role the federal government has played, uh, Michigan Farm Bureau, the Michigan Department of Health uh, and Human Services, the Michigan Department of, of Agriculture and Rural Development, the governor's office, so many people that have come alongside of us to help us and trusted us to do this work. And I think we've responded with excellence and great, great effort. And with a pretty amazing return on investment, I think it's one of the reasons why food banks continue to be a trusted partner for thus far in the in the pandemic. Um, we know that for every dollar that we've spent to, to distribute all this extra food, people in homes have gotten between three and five dollars in retail value of food. So, so now that's, that's less than normal, believe it or not. That's a pretty good return on investment. Right, sure. But because we've had to purchase so much food, the cost of doing business goes up. And even with the cost of business going up because of all the purchased food, we are still getting a three to five times return on every dollar that we've spent. And what I can tell you is this, it will get better. As we learn how to, how to be at this new level, that's going to get better. As the government programs continue to provide more free food so that we can spend our resources on facilities and, and staffing, as we can get more volunteers because we've learned how to use more volunteers, that right. will continue to get better. And we know that within you know the next couple of weeks, we're going to see that return on investment go from 3 to $5 for every dollar to the normal $10 or more for every dollar we invest. And we know we're gonna see that happen. So again, even when we're just putting it together and scrambling to figure it out, it's been a really good return on investment and we're gonna keep that going. Well, here's a young man that's gonna join us in the next segment, Jerry, that you're gonna just love to meet, uh, Andrew Zupancic. He is uh, a 16 year old sophomore, uh, I think he just finished his sophomore year at Bloomfield Hills High School and has started a, a nonprofit called uh, Project Porch Pantry that the idea is to do a food drive uh, from your porch to their table is the tagline. And uh, 16 years old, making a difference in food insecurity in Oakland County here in Michigan. And um, you're gonna love this kid. You're gonna love this young man. He is a, he is a leader and influencer already. I'm ready, man, I can't wait. Well, you guys come back and join Jerry and I and Andrew Zupancic. He'll be our guest here on the next segment on Food First Michigan. Contact the Food Bank Council of Michigan at fbcmich.org. Now back to more Food First Michigan with Dr. Phil Knight and Jerry Brisson. Welcome, everyone. Welcome back to Food First Michigan. Jerry Brisson, Dr. Phil Knight here with you. Uh, Jerry, I'm looking at you on Zoom, and I still see you have the infamous uh, semi in your living room. <laughs> yeah, 
yep, and you know you're there right in front of the armory, so uh, you know we're we're both uh, creatures of habit, I guess you could say. I guess we are that, if not anything else. Well, here's a young man that we promised to be on the show, uh, Andrew Zupanzik. And Andrew, welcome to Food First Michigan, and uh, we're excited to talk to you about this uh, project porch pantry that you've created. And uh, so, welcome. First of all, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks so much. I'm excited to be here. Well, great. So, um, so you tell us a little bit about yourself. You're at a, you're a, you're a, you just finished your sophomore year at uh, at Bloomfield Hills at uh, is it Bloomfield Hills High School? Is that which? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Bloomfield Hills High School. Great. So um, I read in the article that was uh, published about you in the Birmingham Bloomfield Eagle uh, back on May 10th. And uh, it looks like you guys are having, your family's having some interesting conversations around the dinner table. Oh, yeah. Um, we've been talking a lot about the project. Um, and so over the past few weeks, we've had two pickup dates. Um for our project, it's a food drive um, for your porch. So it's a no contact food drive. So a safe way to be able to pick up food um, during quarantine. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's so many ways to frame this. Before we get too deep into the technical parts of the project, I'm really interested in why did you decide to care about this? What made you go, you know what, I'm gonna do this food drive project what what motivated you? So um, during school, I'm a part of student leadership, and we are constantly able to help people and plan different fundraisers and events um, to help different groups of people. Um, so without that, for me, I was kind of feeling like I was lacking something um, in my life. So when quarantine started, I, um, I immediately wanted to do something like a food drive, but as time continued, it just seemed less and less feasible. So when the idea for a no-contact pickup food drive came around, um, that was something that I was really passionate about and sort of able to fuel me to get a very cool project going. So you're in student leadership, and in that process, you must have been exposed to people that need help. Somewhere in here, you must have met somebody or did something that made you say, you know, there's people in our community that need me. Talk a little bit about your connection to the people that are getting the food. So just right now, COVID-19 has affected so many people. Um, and many people have lost jobs or every day are struggling to get their, their next meal on the table. And we live in a world where we shouldn't have to have issues like that to deal with. Um, so I just, seeing it on the news or seeing articles about it, um, you know, meeting a few people, it's just hard to see. And I, I just had to do something to help get some food out there for people. So, Andrew, what strikes me about this is, um, you know, don't let anybody ever despise your youth, right? Uh, everybody gets one handful of life and you've already started making yours count early. And uh, I, I just love the passion and uh, the compassion that you have in order to want to do a food drive um, and then be smart enough to figure out that doing it in a traditional way is probably not the best, smartest way to do this. And, uh, you know, I mean, particularly in the middle of this pandemic where, you know, we don't even know if we have it and unless we're being tested and we don't know if we're spreading it. 
because we can all be asymptomatic. So I just commend you not only for your heart, but for also your head about how to figure out um, to do a contactless food drive. We've been doing some virtual food drives, um, you know, across the uh, our some of our platforms. Um, mm-hmm. But the contactless food drive, Jerry, this might be an answer for um, the U.S. mail carriers for stamp out hunger. Yeah, you know, that's been one of the biggest food drives in the country for over 20 years. And uh, it, it literally raises millions, 70, 80 million pounds of food nationwide every year when they do it. And they're not doing it this year uh, at their usual time. It's usually the second Saturday in May. So so that's an awful lot of food we usually have right now that we don't have. And quite frankly, Andrew, I'm glad you're stepping up to help pick up some of that slack. It's uh, it's <laughs> nice that you've got the the wherewithal to say, you know, there is something I can do. And, and I just want to acknowledge that for a minute. I think a lot of us, for, for many different reasons and in many different ways, have ideas about how we could make the world better. But we're the rubber meets the road is to actually do it. And so what do you think it was that gave you that extra energy, the thing that that turned this idea into, you know what, this is something I can actually do? Um, so I definitely wanted to do this idea, and I wanted to um, really make as much as an impact as I could. Um, but another thing that really helped was the support from my family. Um, they were there along the way to help me out with different issues, logistics, um, specifically my older brother. Um, he was kind of a mentor for me. Um, so if I ever needed, um, any support, I could definitely go to my family for any additional support I needed. Um, they were amazing throughout this, um, with the amount of support they gave me. I want to take your story and talk about it from the perspective of the people that we serve. You know, a lot of people that need food help have come into a place in their life that's very challenging, whether it's unemployment or a health concern or or some other thing that's causing them an incredible amount of stress. And what you just said you have is what we need to be for them. We need to be that person that walks in their life and rather than judging them or telling them what they can't do, rather enable them to do what they need to do so they can move on to success in their life. And what you just described as the help that you got from your brother and from your family is how we want to be to the community. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to say it's so important that we approach our work from the perspective of how can we help and realize that we're really enabling people to be their best. And when that happens, amazing thing happens that look a lot like this project that you're running. A hundred percent. You know, the project is really just about giving to the people. Like, like I said, there are so many people in need right now um, because of COVID. Um, and, and you mentioned how the um, post service usually does a food pickup. Um, so we are already lacking in food. We just, we need to do something um, to help these people, which is why I started this project and why um, I think a lot of people have wanted to contribute and it's been so successful is that they feel the same way in helping these people in need and helping the community. So, Andrew, let's let's uh, let's help people understand how they can learn more about you and about the Project Pork Pantry. So uh, I think there's a website that you built to help people understand how they can be involved as well. Yes. So our website is ProjectPorchPantry.com. 
Um, and on the website, you'll find a video, you'll find some more information. Um, you'll also find a sign-up link um, for a pickup. And we are also implementing something into our website. Our goal right now is in the the next couple weeks to be able to make it a platform so anybody can take it and sort of do it in their area, like a cookie cutter. Um, oh, wow. So we want them to be able to use our website, to be able to PR. And really all they would have to do is, you know, PR a poster and right. also pick up the food and it, it would be all set in their area. And then, of course, if they need support, picking up food will be there for them. But we want it to be something that's easily repeatable and something that can spread. How many volunteers do you have already? Um, so we've had around 80 pickups and 180 bags of food so far, but that's just in our area. Um, we're constantly getting people reaching out from us in other areas to um, sort of help this spread and do it in their neighborhoods. So right now we're working with a lot of different people um, throughout uh, Oakland County and Michigan to keep doing this type of event. Tell us about the details of the program, Andrew, um, and about how it, you know, you, it, 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 the tagline is from port, from your porch to their table. Tell us how that works. So um, the way our website is set up, that when you go to our website, we have a Google form um, where, where you'll put in your address, um, how many bags of food you're picking up, any special instructions, and the area. Um, and then that all goes into a sheet for us to organize. We organize it by neighborhood. And then using our volunteer drivers, um, we have a pickup day, and then we have our drop-off day. So... We pick up directly from the houses, um, no contact. The food's just out there, so very safe. Um, and then we take it directly to the lighthouse um, so they can take it in store and distribute it. Um, they are also partnered with o uh, Oakland College and, um, and Gleaners. So we know that however much food we're giving to them is going to be properly distributed to where it needs to be most in Michigan. Right, exactly. Well, you know, I probably did a pretty poor job that I didn't really introduce you to Jerry Brisson, the co-host for our show here, who you've been chatting with, but he's also the CEO and president at Gleaners. Wow. So, yeah. That's <laughs> so amazing. Lighthouse wow. is, is one of their partners for sure. And so that's when we saw this in the paper. And, uh, and honestly, a lot of the uh, education associations on Twitter uh, sent your, this article that uh, that featured you to me, and they were like, Dr. Phil, you got to have Andrew on the show. You got to have Andrew on the show. This is one of our students making such a great difference. And so that's how all this kind of happened. So the circle's kind of drawn uh, complete now with, uh, with you and with uh, all the education associations, Lighthouse and Gleaners, uh, all the way back to Project Port Pantry and uh, Andrew, I would ju I'm just excited for who you are and the difference that you're making in life. And uh, and we appreciate you so much coming alongside these efforts for to support the families during COVID-19 and the stress that uh, of food insecurity brings to the household. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, again, I just I want to really emphasize like, um, however, our website is projectporchpantry.com. Um, and however much support you could give, we also um, are open to do donations, and we've raised over $3,000, um, which is also going towards Lighthouse. Um, so if you'd like to check out or find more information, um, make sure to go to our website. Excellent.
Excellent. Jerry, last words for Andrew? Wonderful work. We're so grateful. You know, uh, the, the bottom line is so much happens locally, and it's a really great place for stuff to happen. So thanks for taking the initiative. Thanks for involving people in the work who could help you. And thanks to your family and your brother for supporting you. I mean, what a, what a great story and what a huge help to people who definitely need it. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for being with us, Andrew. Andrew Zupanzik. He is the uh, founder for Project Porch Pantry, and you can find that at projectporchpantry.com. Jerry and I are back in just a few moments. You come back and be with us, too. Food first, Michigan. Once again, here's Phil and Jerry. Welcome back, everyone. Jerry, Andrew Supanzik. You know, how how encouraging, how innovative, and that's really what we're talking about is what we've learned and what COVID-19 has taught us. And uh, here's a 16-year-old young leader who's who's learned about contactless food drives already and implemented one. I love it. Yeah, you know what? I'm listening to what I hope is the, the next CEO of one of our Michigan food banks. I mean, uh, you know, the he, he's got the passion. He's got the drive where the rubber meets the road to get the actual job done. And uh, to have that kind of intelligence, enthusiasm, and willingness is something that we definitely need in leadership. So great to, to meet Andrew, at least uh, by radio here. And I hope everyone listening uh, just can appreciate how much we appreciate him. So, you know, one of the things you've said on the show from the outset, Jerry, uh, for the three and a half years we've been doing the show here on WJR, um, has been, you've said, I don't care who solves hunger, who creates food security, as long as it happens. And I've always appreciated that about you. Um, You know, food banks certainly play such a large role. I mean, massive amounts of food that we distribute across America and across Michigan. But yet, here comes a young man, a young leader, and lots of other groups, too, that are coming alongside of us during this pandemic. And there's been, you know, not really, nobody's really been threatened by that. We've been much more appreciative of that. Well, we have to be. I mean, there's enough work for all of us to do, and we've been about making a movement, right, and building that movement to include everyone who wants to have a role in it. And and that certainly is donors, both cash and food and, and also volunteers and all the things that they do. It includes all the people that do food drives, um, all the people willing to work with us and be our staff people. And there's so many people already involved, but we need more people to be involved. If we want to have a food secure community, we've got to come together and we got to keep involving more and more people. So fantastic to see more people getting involved all the time, and especially people with leadership ability. You know, my dad used to say, if you have a leader, you have everything. And if you don't, you have nothing. And and it's just <laughs> one of those little pieces of advice from my dad that I still carry with me. You know, you need leaders to help everyone else mobilize and get things done. And so Andrew's quite quite the, the young leader. Well, your dad should have wrote a book, and it could have been uh, called uh, John Maxwell's uh, "Where John Maxwell Got His Leadership um, Principles." Because in one of John's leadership books, he said that everything rises and falls on leadership, and that sounds exactly what your dad is saying. And so, we're thankful for Andrew and his leadership. But there's a lot of other people that are showing some leadership through this too. And 
you know, we don't often hear this uh, in the media, but actually, Jerry, the, the federal government, the USDA, has, has uh, started programs, enhanced programs, and are distributing tremendous amounts of food through our network, both nationwide and here in Michigan, and even started a couple of new programs to support agriculture, farmers, and the need across the states for food insecurity. And certainly it's been a big part of the reason we've been able to get a lot more food out. FEMA has also helped us quite a bit. And uh, and so when we think about the, the food that's coming through those new programs, I think one of the things that I'm proudest about is that the food banks were there to be a partner to the government as it was trying to figure out what's the lowest cost, highest value way of reaching more people with more food that they want and need. And this food has been amazing. The freshness of the produce has just blown me away. It's just beautiful. Um, you know, so a lot of people think about uh, what comes through uh, emergency food is what nobody wants. It's just not true. It is beautiful food that anybody would want. And I I'm just so proud to be part of a system that can distribute that high quality consistently uh, every single day. It's It's been amazing. Well, one of the programs you're referring to there is the CFAP program. And uh, that's the one that was just recently stood up uh, by the USDA. And, uh, and so we, they've been really partnering with food distributors and food distributors have been partnering directly with food banks um, across the nation and across here in Michigan specifically. Uh, but, you know, a, a lot of the other emergency food programs flow through the Michigan Department of Education. And uh, that's been a great help. As you mentioned, FEMA and the partnership that we've created at the Food Bank Council on behalf of our network with the state of Michigan, the SEOC, the State Emergency uh, Command. And um, so that's been um, a tremendous help for all of us, uh, as well as FEMA stepping right in and uh, coming alongside of us as well. So lots of great programming. Um, what, what, who am I missing, Jerry? What are some of the things that, um, that are innovative that we've learned and and some of the partners that have come along the side of us that's helped us? Well, I, I certainly think that as we continue to understand what the impact is going to be in the community, and certainly for the longer term, um, continuing to coordinate with local governments, um, with county governments, and you know, with with all the other agencies that are trying to help the people that they're serving, and and it's agencies that wouldn't normally be in our partner network. Uh, certainly, we've been partnering a lot with mental health agencies. Um, we've been mm. partnering a lot with community centers that don't necessarily distribute food on a regular basis, who are finding a way to offer their locations for food distributions. And we've had other unusual partners, like the airport has been a really mm. good partner for being a site to distribute food to people who normally don't need help, but who are unemployed right now uh, in and around the airport and the work that goes on around there. As you know, airports have been particularly hard hit by the lack of travel. Sure. And so, you know, as so those are just some examples of people who are stepping forward and doing more and doing other things than they would normally do because they know people who are affected and they want to help them. Well, all with the goal of getting more food more often to more people. And uh, we've certainly risen to that challenge during these weeks across our network and all of our food banks here in Michigan, uh, just just doing above and beyond. So we want to wrap up this show in the next segment, Jerry, um, and want to think about just a little bit about some of the uh, 
some of the things that we, you and I, that as we've done the show through COVID-19, uh, how we've grown, how what we've learned, what we've realized, not only about ourselves, but also about the network and the role that we have. So everybody come back and join us. Jerry and I are back in just a moment. We do appreciate everybody listening today and uh, and downloading the podcast, listening on our broadcast, WJR. And Jerry, uh, you know, we're getting a lot of, um, of interaction. There's some folks that I see every week say, hey, I heard the show. Uh, not just our, our team members either, you know, that we're actually paying and they should listen to the show. <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, but it's, you know, I think some of the uniqueness that we've had during COVID-19 uh, here on the show uh, to continue to produce it, although in a in a in a remote virtual uh, way, has really kept people up to date on the challenges and and really um, the the need or how the need of food security has been elevated in the community's consciousness. That you know, hey, guess what? That guy Abraham Maslow and the hierarchy of need, he really knew exactly what he was talking about. And as we've said, things get magnified inside a pandemic that are just noticeable outside the pandemic. And certainly food security has been elevated to quite. That's one of the things I've realized um, during these weeks. What about you? Well, I think that there's always things that you um, weren't really ready for that you've got to figure out in the moment. And probably one of the things I'm most grateful for is a team of, of really smart people who did a great job of breaking the problem down into solvable parts, solving it a piece at a time, putting that all together in a big system really quickly, and, and getting that work done. I mean, one of the things that we say at Gleaners is, you know, if I have to do anything, we've made a mistake. <laughs> and so <laughs> I am, me personally, yeah. So right. I am just so grateful to have a team that really knows how to how to do the logistics. And, and, and talking to the other food banks around uh, the state of Michigan, I have to say, I know that we've all uh, appreciated just how much our team is capable of. Um, we're also very grateful for the community's quick response to getting us the funds that we need to do our job. And, um, and that has been so important because there's no way we could focus on the job if we had to focus so much on fundraising and the other things that it takes to do this. So we're really grateful for people taking the initiative to say, do, use this for what you need it for. We know people need it and we trust you to do it. That, that's been amazing to go through. Yeah, I, I think, too, the, um, the response of the community, for those who were able to respond, they responded. And for those who found themselves in need, have also been so appreciative of the efforts of the network uh, to get them the food they need so that hunger literally comes off of their table. Uh, you know, we talk about a billion meals uh, in, in eight weeks' time, 25% uh, yeah. of our annual output. Uh, so... You know what that necessitates is an entire change of uh, of structure. Um, everybody's yep. ramped up and 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 went into crisis mode and made it happen. Now, part of our leadership challenge moving forward is we see what the need is. We've risen to that need, but how do we now build the infrastructure to support that kind of work? <laughs> because the, the, if we don't change and grow and develop i'm afraid that we're gonna we're, we're gonna we're gonna burn ourselves out we're gonna kill our 
all these great logistical operations people that that have figured this stuff out for us and with us. So uh, I think that's part of our challenge in leadership as we move forward. We saw our capability. We saw what we can do. And now we have to grow and build to, to that capability. So it's time for a little food for thought. The food banks of America have a rich history of service. In recent history in Michigan, the Food Bank of Eastern Michigan stood in the gap for the people of Flint in the water crisis and received national acclaim. Whether it be floods, sinkholes, tornadoes, snowstorms, school closures, government shutdowns, or labor strikes, we are an ever-present help in a time of trouble for a nation, a state, community, or family. Our food banks do not shrink from the challenge they do not close up and go home when a public health crisis comes calling. They do not stop. They rise to the challenge. They change, adapt, and learn. We are a charity, but we are so much more. We are great business partners. And when times are normal, and when times aren't. Food banks distribute the emergency food when emergencies arise. And they deliver the food that helps kids achieve in school, Seniors stay healthy and the sick get better faster when the days are not as scary as they are today. We are Michigan's food bank and we want to take hunger off the table once and for all by keeping food first, Michigan, food first. Food First Michigan, presented by Farm Bureau Insurance of Michigan and by the Food Bank Council of Michigan, creating a food secure state.